Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I have two members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hello. And I have Scott. Hi. And, uh... What? I don't know why you said hi like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, tonight we're going to be, uh, we're going to be talking about some, uh, some bits and pieces from um, Jocko's book, Extreme Ownership, and we're going to be talking about the four laws of combat, and we're going to show or talk about how they apply to us as firefighters. But first, I just want to mention that um, we would really appreciate any likes and follows, etc. Obviously, on the Facebook and uh, Instagram, uh, our YouTube page. Again, this year you'll be seeing a lot more content coming through that this year, um, including videos of our podcast room and our podcasts, um, as well as um, a lot more training material, etc., that we've got coming through and uh, some funny stuff because, you know, we like to have a laugh as well. But with, what else? Those bits. Insta, Facebook. Oh, iTunes review. Yeah, yeah. Please, please, please. If you have a second, just drop us a rating um, on iTunes or any of the platforms that you're listening on mm. and if you can um, if you can drop a comment on there you know good or bad <laughs> if you're listening we're gonna hope it's good because that really helps it helps us uh, trend on the pages it helps us be able to get more listeners and uh, just try and get the message out a little bit further so we would greatly appreciate that uh, yeah and, uh, I think that's it yeah that's that's a good, good, good episode mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, all right, nice. Cheers, Scott, news? Uh, news. Uh, there's lots of news, but uh, something that happened last night was Stipe Miocic is a new heavyweight champion. Important note about that, of the UFC, of course. Um, the important note about that is he's also a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a volunteer, though. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a full-time firefighter, which would be challenging to be a UFC fighter and a full-time firefighter, I think. Even though, his schedule might allow for him to get through. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. How many if I burn the full time <laughs> We are two minutes in, and here comes the hate. No, no, no hate. No, no. no hate. No, it's good to see uh, someone like that get in. You know, to do, he's always done well, but, you know, he's, he's a firefighter. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I know Rob, Rob texted me, or texted us this morning. Um, I already, I already know he was a firefighter for quite some time, but yeah, it's good to see him do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I, uh, I caught the highlights of the fight. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Do you have news on some other firefighter doing something badass? Yeah, so <clears throat> I don't have the info in front of me, but a off-duty firefighter. I don't know if he was paid or involved, but uh, somewhere in the states, he had. Uh, whatever the laws are concealed carry, conceal carry. Um, and he was in a place of business there was a robbery taking place and he stepped in intervened 
And um, yeah, save the star line. Was it Robert? Was an active shooter? It was an active shooter. Oh, he was came in. Sure. He came in with an assault rifle, body armor. He was loaded and ready to roll. Yeah. And uh, he didn't get to actively shoot. He did not get to actively shoot because right. Buddy shut him down, kept him at gunpoint for the duration until the cops arrived. Okay. Done and done. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Well, that's the thing about the active shooters that the, the police know. Like, if you confront one of them, they'll do one of two things. They usually either give up because they're cowards because they're shooting at unarmed people, or they'll shoot themselves, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, if they shoot themselves. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they should have done in the first place. <laughs> Save everyone. When they make their plan, fast their plan yeah. should yeah. be shoot myself first, and then I'll do all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like there's a major flaw in that plan. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't either. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, that was cool. When I read that, yeah. I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think, again, it goes to that. Um, there's so much of that. I think we talked a lot about that on one of our episodes, actually, some of that. Especially with the, yeah. Yeah, with the ATAC conference. Mm-hmm. Bits and pieces as well. Yeah. yeah. Lots of stuff down, down mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the US. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's a gun, like, they always use a gun culture, gun culture. It's the fact there's 320 million people that live down there. I think. I mean, there's a little bit of that culture, and obviously their their firearms um, rules are a lot different than ours up here. But we have like in our country, we have as many people that live in like California. <laughs> Actually, I think California has more. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you're right. So when you yeah. get that many people living in one country together, you're gonna have some issues. Well, we always <laughs> in England, obviously. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, my uncles used to refer to it as rats in a cage, right? Mm-hmm. You put two rats in a cage, everyone gets on, there's one bowl of food and everyone's doing good. You add more rats and more rats and more rats and eventually... Smash your puppets on. Do you know? You can't get to the food, man. You just got to fight, scrap and scrape to get to the, get to the mm-hmm. grub. So, that's, yeah, it's different. Uh, let's crack on. <laughs> <laughs> get away from the rats conversations in cages um the four um the four laws of rules of combat rules of combat are we recording uh, we are actually uh extreme ownership jocko willink's book uh jocko is uh we're all big fans of, of jocko um he is a navy seal or was a navy seal um he ran a group um, a group of SEALs in their training exercises, etc. He was a uh, leader of Task Force Bruiser uh-huh. and uh, yeah, did some amazing, amazing stuff. He, his podcast is by far uh, one of my favorites. Um, and uh, recently he just went through a series, it was from like episode 187 all the way to 190, reading this one book, and it was the book um, that they hand out to the Marines, the Marine Corps, right? It's the Marine Corps guidance book. It was awesome. It was fantastic. And off the back of that, I was like, man, put a note in the Trello that we should have an episode. Yeah, whatever, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) I created a board on this app called Trello where everyone's supposed to write stuff down for the podcast and I'm the only one who uses it. But I I digress. On my new phone, it's like (laughs) not on there, yes. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I I put a note in there and then today as I'm I'm coming back from from another town he's got a message from Scott he's like hey I don't know if we've got any ideas for the podcast tonight but we should do the four lords of combat as they apply to us completely agree it's uh it there's so many different ways and again you can see this in some of the training and stuff that we do so 
Um, let's roll into it there, Scott. So do you want me to cover the four and then we'll just start from one? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, we've got the four, four rules are basically cover and move. Um, simple, so keeping it simple. Prioritize and execute. And then decentralize command. And those four are the, the keystones, keystones to every piece of every tactic, every everything, including on and off the fire rank in the hall as well as outside. Um, so Scott, let's start with uh, cover and move and how that applies. Yeah, so cover and move, um, it sounds very tactical, but what it, what it really is is just teamwork. This is backing your, backing your teammates up, um, according to what Jocko says. And I agree, because obviously everything we do, we back each other up all the time. So we always, like if your teammate's doing something, you should be with your teammate and help them out. Um, we always say we fill a hole. Like we, you know, if we see something that needs filling, that's what we'll go do. We'll we'll cover the other person. Um, so yeah, I think that's really important. Um, uh, you know, every call we've had, especially recently, I've noticed the guys doing that a lot. They're filling holes as they see them pop up. And even the other day, we were just we had a this last week. This year has been like the year of structure fires. Yeah, has. we've had mm -hmm. we've had so many a lot of structure fires. So calls. many. Um, so the one last week. Which and actually, uh, when one thing I was thinking about when we when this came up, when we started talking about doing this, um, essentially all four, well, pretty much every call we do, these four rules come in. But uh -huh. even on that small call, because it turned out to be a small call, um, all these things popped up. Um, but uh, the cover move thing, again, it, it came right up because we were filling holes because uh, there was a, a structure fire and it was. It was, you guys, even, well, actually, you can talk about it a little bit. Maybe we'll talk about that before we talk about the laws of combat. Yeah, so we get a call. Um, structure fire comes in. Um, Chief was going direct. Um, our first engine was very close behind. Um, we arrive on scene to nothing showing. So we're like, ah, okay, this is... Uh, um, <clears throat> I mean, it says that there was smoke in a room that was, it was an alarm response. So this is the, the uh, call where, okay, well, there's nothing showing. So usually the first one scene does their 360. Um, scene how Bob had just arrived. It was a, Bob takes the right side. I look at him like, hey, I'm going down left. And then one of the guys on the truck, Warren, I say, Warren, I want you to check the front, front door, see what we have up top showing as we walk around the back. So it's a, a walk-in upper level building with a walk-out basement, and it's, uh, it leads out onto a beach to the lake. So um, as we're doing this, we come around the backside, oh, there is fire, there is smoke and flame, um, and we relay that back and get people to advance down. Um, it was, like Scott says, it, it wasn't a, a big one, it was, uh, the, the, the fire started basically on the outside of the building um, and was slowly spreading through the outside of the structure into the basement. But uh, yeah, being being quick, got that knock, you know, knocked down quickly. But it was a, a nothing call, but every box was ticked, which is what you love to see. And yeah. I, I think we talked about that afterwards, like that day or the, the following day, we talked about how, you know, just like you say, you're, you're kind of filling holes. Everything, every little box gets checked. 
and that's how things go smoothly. Yeah. That, that stuff doesn't get bigger. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so back to cover move. Um, one thing, because I was on, I was on the second do it, which I'm not on second do engine quite often because I live so close. So normally I'm either not on an engine because I'm at work or I'm on the first engine. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm on second engine. So different things both here because now I'm like changing gears, right? Because now I have to think of what's the second engine's job, job responsibilities as we're driving there somewhere. Okay, probably have to hit a hydrant, but again, it was coming through as nothing showing. So we're rolling up and I'm radioing Bob and Ash, but they're obviously doing stuff. So I've gotten a respo- response now. So as we roll up, I can see they have a line stretch and I can see a little bit of smoke. So I'm like, well, it's a structure fire. Let's, let's hit a hydrant, even though I was radioing nothing, nothing. So I'm like, okay, we're, we're just going to fill that hole, um, cover these guys with, well, obviously with water. So, um, so our, we, our truck hit the hydrant. Um, I, when Bob came up, I think he was a little surprised we hit the hydrant because he was I, like, again, we, he, we didn't communicate it. Like, sorry, we tried to communicate it, but again, fire around always happens. Radios don't necessarily work. So, uh, it was a little bit of decentralized command and cover move that we did because we you know, did that teamwork. We knew something needs to be done. We just built it. We didn't have to wait. Um, some other departments we, we work with in the last few m- months and stuff, huh. they will not do anything unless they're told to do something. Yeah. And that delays a lot of things. Especially with the timers we run on. Yeah. Um, and even once we arrived, um, again, I knew there was guys kind of working. I don't know if they were going in. Oh, actually, some guys did go in because they were doing some venting. <clears throat> um, so right away, I'm like, oh, let's pull the rip. Like, again, no one tells us to do this, but we know these are the things that have to be filled. Mm-hmm. So um, again, back to the other, some of the other people we work with, like other regional departments and stuff there, they will not do anything until IC tells them. Um, and I know in the past, it was always like, well, don't freelance, don't freelance, don't freelance. Because freelancing is, ooh, gotta wait. It's like, well, yeah, don't start doing weird stuff. But we train to understand how things need to be done and how all these holes need to be filled. So fill the hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, the, the cover and move is, is mainly just, you know, supporting each other, knowing uh, knowing what your capabilities are, knowing what the capabilities are of the team, and then just working towards that, that common goal that everyone else is trying to achieve. Um, and just making sure that, you know, you're taking responsibility for the stuff that, that you know and going through those those steps. I mean, a more exact example of cover would be like the nozzle man and the, uh, and the backup person. I mean, they're totally, like that's what a lot of people, like when you think cover move, you're thinking two man shooting and moving. Mm-hmm. So like a nozzle person moving and the backup guys pushing in hose and then even the third door control guy. So those guys are, those guys are really covered move. Like they're like, they're in tune together and they're moving everything through. When they're working well together, they, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's a perfect example of cover move. But on the broader picture, some of the other stuff we do is also cover them. So, <laughs> as you use the analogy of uh, the the hosting, the nozzle guy and the backup guy, yeah. it's a perfect way to move into the, the simple stuff. So, number two is simple. Now, <coughs> simple for us recently, um, especially when we're talking about the nozzle operator and the backup guy, We've now refined those jobs down to the nozzle guy is just the nozzle guy, and the backup guy has a couple of different, uh, a couple of different things to do. But it used to be that we had the nozzle guy operating all of those functions, 
and a whole bunch of others. So Ash, do you want to talk a little bit about that as we roll into it? Yeah, well, it's just like you say, it's, you know, you simplify what those guys are doing now. So what we used to do is we would have um, the host team going in, they would be dragging all sorts of tools with them. Um, the nozzle guy would be tripping over tools as he's trying to advance. Uh, so when you simplify that, they can focus on the task that's directly in front of them. Um, the, the backup guy still still has a bit of a, a larger task um, with advancing. He's, he's got the most amount of work, uh, but simplifying that nozzleman's job, um, it allows them to focus. And being focused is what's going to effectively get that task done. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, because with that, with that simple thing, you know, we all know, like, <clears throat> if you make anything too complicated and too complex, you're trying to run through so many things, yeah. and your 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 brain's trying to action all of them at once. It's very challenging. Mm -hmm. When you're just the nozzle guy and you're just operating the nozzle, mm -hmm. you're concentrating on what's underneath you, where yeah. the fire is, and where you are, and whether or not you need to move or spray. And that's literally the only things really that should be going through your head. There's yeah. so much that could be going on. <clears throat> So when you break it down and you keep, you keep it simple, they're able to see, like you say, what's in front of me, what's behind me, what's around me. Um, their task is just that nozzle and what might be coming at them. Yeah, which I think also adds when we've now added the, the captain with the attack team now as well. Yeah, so that's taken that, because uh, the nozzle guy used to literally, um, they'd have to, they had a radio, they had a thermal camera, and the nozzle. The backup guy used to be as we say, nuts to butts to them. So they're basically like one little, they were like a one kind of stuck together a mass. Ball of they were a little attack. ball of people. <laughs> yeah. So now we've spread it out. So the nozzle, nozzle operator is right at the front. I try to say the nozzle operator because I try not to say guy, but <laughs> the nozzle operator is at the front. And then the backup person is, is you know, six, eight feet back. And we've talked about this, but it, you know, they're back farther so they, they can move the hose better. They're not, pulling the nozzle operator around because they're, you know, they're not freaking out. Um, they can still have visual, for the most part, visual, unless it's really smoky, but they're going to have verbals. They're also going to have, uh, they're going to be able to feel the hose if it's moving. Um, and also if the nozzle operator falls through a hole, they're not all going in the hole together. So that's one thing we've done. We've separated them. We've uh, taken the thermal camera, given it to the, to the backup operator, backup person, because if the nozzle operator needs it, he can call that person up and they can use it as like gun site. Because I actually have a helmet camera footage of me trying of me at a structure fire inside a structure fire. I'm trying to run the nozzle. I'm trying to run the thermal camera, and it wasn't. I was like, yeah. I actually at one point I flipped it backwards. I'm like, oh, no. And you can see on the helmet camera, I have to turn it around. <laughs> kind of embarrassing. <laughs> um, <coughs> but you can see me trying to look at the thing, and I drop the thermal, and I spray it. I'm like, I pick up the thing. It just wasn't working. So we've taken that now, and we've and you know it's on. We have the YouTube. We have it on YouTube yet. Uh, we, we've got that on the, the page, yeah, because we, we had JP, right. um, you ran the... Yeah, so we, we have the gun sight, and when the backup person comes over, it gives them the gun sight, and you can, so the nozzle operator can look through the gun sight of the thermal camera. Um, so that's when we've taken the thermal camera, given it to the backup person, because the backup person, for the most part, all they're doing is pulling hose, they can run a thermal camera, and they're also checking the doors for heat as they go through. Mm -hmm. um, we've taken our communication, because the nozzle operator used to have the radio on them too, so it's like you're trying to run the hose and then the, the chief calls and you're like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you're trying to do all this work and it was never working. So the radio is now with the captain. They all work as a kind of a, a team together. So they're all, again, they're covering move each other and they're keeping it simple because everybody has one or two tasks instead of one guy has eight. Yeah. Trying to do everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I, I think there's there's other there's two other words that <coughs> will come up throughout all of this as well, and that is uh, the dichotomy, which Jocko's next book was the dichotomy of leadership, and uh, it's that you know you you can always do one thing to an extreme, and get kind of caught up in it. And when you said focus, Ash, that was one of those things, right? Like uh-huh. you can be extremely focused on that task, and you can be so focused on that task that you're not looking at anything else, and that's where the, the detachment uh-huh. needs to come in. You need to be able to yeah. stop, think, or as they say in the book, relax, look around, and make the call, right? Like, uh-huh. you need to be able to step back, and that's kind of now what the captain's able to do. While the nozzle operator is focused on his task, uh-huh. and while the, the backup guy is focused on his task, the captain now is also doing that. Even though we're all, you know, we all should be taking that moment to figure, figure out where we are, what uh-huh. we're doing. Um, and detach it and, and figuring out the situation, making sure there's no danger or anything else around us, making sure that situation hasn't changed. Because again, if we're in a burning structure, things change very rapidly. Um, it's funny because I, I just wrote curriculum for my other job hmm. um, for coming across what we call accidents. Because my other job, we didn't have anything. Or like, cause there was a lot of driving involved in my view. Um, so I, I'd written this curriculum in the first slide of the uh, new curriculum is that that quote from Jocko <laughs> and one of the, when the higher up saw it and they laughed of course you have Jocko in there <laughs> but they left it in it's actually it's in there and I saw the final product and it's, it's in there it's going to the higher up says and that's the first slide <laughs> awesome so that, that yeah it's pretty good <laughs> that's awesome um yeah so the, the detachment and so it's it, it's super super important mm-hmm. keeping things simple making sure that everybody understands Everyone understands what the plan is and making sure that the, 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 the task that we've got in front of us is broken down into the simple task to get the job done. Because when you look at it as a whole, like any problem, any problem you look at can be extremely complex. There's lots and lots of moving parts. And when you've got all these different teams doing different things, from the outside in, it looks like, it looks like we're just this one operating unit that's doing this massive task. But when you look at each individual person, everyone having that job and filling that hole. So when you see something not happening or uh-huh. something that's that needs somebody else there to go and do that thing, we fill that hole. And then that person's just doing a set few tasks of that role. So that individual simple tasks build up into that complex, uh, to fix that complex problem, right? Well, understanding the commander's intent is always a thing. Like I said, you know, even again, on that call last week, I understood the intent. Obviously, the intent is to put out the fire. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking, okay, well, what do we need to put out the fire? We need water. So let's hit the hydrant. Um, now the guys are in. What do we need now? So I understand the intent of what Bob wants without him relaying it to me. Um, he may not even know that's what he wants, but he's like, he knows what we need to do with a structure fire. But again, there's a lot of stuff that command gets heaped on. And as captains, that's what our job uh-huh. is to take some of that from the command and deal with our little sections. And then the guys underneath that take some of that stuff from us and deal with their little sections. Which leads us directly into number three. Which is, uh, number three is prioritize and execute. So again, it's that, um, like the, the relax, look around, make a call and the prioritize and execute is just making sure that you go through that list. Okay, what are the priorities? Relaying those priorities to your team, making sure everyone understands it by keeping it simple, uh-huh. 
and then from there on executing that task until completion, but then being able to detach enough that you can see everything else going on around you to allow you to be able to be agile and change if you need to and adapt to the situation at the time. So you want to talk to that there? Yeah, and what I'll say about that, and that's always in my mind, and it comes back to the uh, acronym, I think old Thomas Todd said, um, the what's important now, when, that's my skills. <laughs> that it's not. It's not mine. It's, it's, it's Brian Willis's. Uh, right. Brian Willis's uh, acronym. He's, uh, he's a public speaker. Right. Yeah. But it's great, and it's. Oh, Pop Todd Sires. Pop Todd Sires. Pop Scotts and then Brian's. <laughs> but uh, in essence, it's the same idea. It's you, you have to look at um, whatever is in front of you. What, you know, whatever the scene is. Uh, what's important now. Um, there's going to be five, six, seven things that are coming at you, whether it's, um, an accident scene, there's going to be traffic, there's going to be injury. Um, you can't effectively go ahead and take care of everything. You know, the injury is terrible, but if the highway is running and another car is crashing through, well, now you got eight injured, right? Not two. So you have to stop one thing. From getting worse before you can get the next thing better and i think that's uh you know the the win the uh the whole uh prioritize and execute it's the same idea you have to step back you have to look and see what what um you know needs to be accomplished first accomplish that um to its entirety and then move on to the next important thing so you can continue to execute along the line yeah Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's prioritizing execute is one of those things that will help you and all of these things will help you in any aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Like not just on fire scenes. If you follow this checklist almost, you yeah. can, you can do amazing things. Right. And the prioritize and execute, we'll do it day to day. If we're in certain jobs, right. What's right. important in this job, what's important in this situation when it comes mm-hmm. to fire scenes, like Scott was doing when he got on unit two. Okay. What are my duties now? on engine two, what are my priorities? Do we need to hit the hydrant? Can I see smoke? You're doing your window check, right? And you're thinking about, you know, the guys in the back and and what they need to be doing. Guys in the back are figuring out what they need to be doing. When you're hitting the hydrant, who's going out to do that? Who's taking that that lead, right? So again, the the prioritization of those pieces to be able to make a plan. That's what we got on. I had something I forgot. Um, and I said this before, but I, this year I've noticed this, especially prioritizing execute a lot more. Well, actually, all the four of these things. Um, being an officer, being an actual red hat this year, um, it's been a lot different <clears throat> because of these things are always in there. And I think you, well, actually, I were talking um, being duty officer for the week. It's stressful because <laughs> uh, you don't really sleep very well because you're like because you're the one that has to pick up the radio and the call comes in. You're the one that has to be like acknowledge the call. And then you're like, okay, I want to. Okay, and then you got to figure it out, and all the stuff's rolling through your head, and uh, and you're you know you're probably gonna be the first one there because you have the duty truck parked at your house, so you're mm-hmm. you're not going to a fire hall to get the truck. You're getting it from your house. You're driving, so you know you're gonna be the first one there. So your job right away, your priority is gonna be stabilize the scene as best you can. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if it's a structure fire, there's not a whole lot we can do to stabilize the scene other than you know there's but there's priorities like power. Um, where's the nearest hydrant or where's the nearest water supply? Mm-hmm. 
um, are the people inside, um, all those sorts of things. So it becomes a priority. Right? I mean, there's reseal. We talked about this. You know, there's all sorts of acronyms of the fire service, but it's basically just comes down to prioritize and execute. So every time you roll this stuff through your head, like what's what's important stuff. Uh-huh. And I noticed that a lot more now this year than previous year was, and I was just like, uh, you know, I was kind of a, a casual getting the truck friend of the truck officer guy because I was the training officer, so I was like the I was like the fifth in the chain of command or sixth or whatever it was. <laughs> so I didn't really have a, you know, I, I didn't need to get in the front of the truck. I could still hop in the back. And now it's like when you have the red hat on, you're kind of expect yeah, you should be in the front of the truck if there's no one else. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, with the. And again, it comes back as well to detachment when it comes to priority, prioritize and execute. Because again, you may be working on what is priority one, and then the scene changes, and now there's somebody inside. Yeah. Okay, great. We now need to fix that problem. Yeah. All of the priorities have now shifted, and that's now happening. Or you've you've detached enough. The officers stood back. Hey, power line above you, right? Like things like that. Mm-hmm. They, you know, we've we've just going through those motions of being able to see everything, not focusing on the building that's on fire, but looking up and being able to see the power lines and taking a peek across the street and seeing that, you know, there's a couple of cars in the driveway. Maybe there's somebody inside. It's three in the morning, you know, you've got those, those other things, right? So, Which uh, kind of sucks because uh, the Oprah fire, <laughs> um, when uh, we showed up, I didn't, do that priority because <laughs> we showed up i'm like oh, oh, yeah, oh everything's burning so it's like i'm looking at a grass fire i'm looking at two cars and the motor home and another structure so i'm trying to like figure out what's our priorities and then uh we park and we get out and i'm like no okay, everything's good and then i look up and the power line is right over our truck but everyone's deployed now with water so it's like so i i told warren warren was running the truck so i'm like warren so he looked up i'm like uh okay so now we've already made the mistake we gotta accept this mistake we gotta own it as an extreme ownership <laughs> we own the mistake we made but now we're just gonna carry on so we definitely kept an eye on the power mass made sure uh, we were kept cooling around there that turned into a high priority <laughs> yeah high priority, the priorities shifted right because i'm like <clears throat> now we gotta make sure that power line is, is is stable um and then right away we have power company to come and we 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 kept an eye on it, and you know we never did have a problem. But I was like, yeah. <laughs> because it's one of those things that screwed up. <laughs> but you're also like, yeah. Sometimes it happens. There's just a lot of stuff around your head, but you can't get sucked into the scene. <clears throat> yeah, and I think uh, it's funny because then we we talk about it a little bit with that kind of um, the going back to simple a little bit, right? Like, yeah, it's a really simple step, but sometimes we forget simple steps and that's where even checklists and stuff don't always work in your brain it's very tough to do that under under stress and when you're you're looking at the bigger picture or trying to at least sometimes things get missed and when you look at that section we find a problem and then we concentrate on the problem but i'll tell you what i bet you don't park under a power line for another few years right because now it's (laughs) it's it's in the forefront right like it's like man that scene it stuck with you you made that mistake but now you're just going to be again yeah. on top of that and maybe it'll be something else that we forget but again it's that yeah. that um making sure that your priorities are good so the final one is uh decentralized command now decentralized command is not um freelancing it is not freelancing it is operating um to within your authority 
basically your your leaders and leaderships um, give you parameters and you operate within those set parameters so Scott says go hit hydrant I'm not going to tell you Scott doesn't say go and hit this hydrant and use the kit and grab the line and turn it and remember your counts and blah 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 and it, there's none of that it's go hit the hydrant same as if you were to say go breach that door it wouldn't be a conversation. It wouldn't be a step-by-step guide of how to breach that door. It would be, go breach that door. Yeah. And a lot of that has to, well, all, all of that has to do with training. Uh-huh. It's back to training. Because if you don't train it, then, then that's when you have to have guys that stand there and you have to have an officer basically hold your hand while you do it. Because if you don't train it, the only time you're going to do it is on the training, on the fire ground, then that's when you're going to have to learn it. And learning it then is the worst time to learn it. Um, you know, if you... If you trained it, but maybe they got a, maybe you look over, like I look over and I see the hydrant's not ready yet, and it's been a couple minutes. Well, okay, what's going on over there? Is the person having a problem? Is the hydrant not working? Because I mean, we, we don't have that problem here very much because we are, we're a pretty small town. We have a, we have a good um, um, town. Our public works. Yeah, public works really good. Yeah, they they go on cycle hydrants. Yeah. Um, I've heard stories in like Detroit <laughs> where mm-hmm. guys will hit eight hydrants and they're all dead. They're all deactivated. They've had stuff stuffed in them. They're mm-hmm. rusted. They fly like they've had to go around until they finally find a hydrant. So that happens. It never happens to us, but it's always yeah. it could always happen. It can be there. Um, or is the person just having a problem because maybe they forgot what to do? Maybe they're they didn't hook it up right. They they turned it on before they put the gate valve on, so now they have to shut it down. Um, maybe then one of them, someone, someone goes over there and be like, hey, try this. Mm-hmm. But we don't need to stand there over them and make sure that they're doing it right. Is it they're, they shouldn't be able to do it right. Um, we're also, we also make sure our guys know that don't take on a job if you don't know how to do it. Like if we're driving up and I say, who wants the hydrant? Who's going to hit the hydrant? And you put up your hand, well, you better know how to hit the hydrant. Sometimes I like, I, you know, there was a structure fire once. I looked back and I said, who wants to hit a hydrant? And everyone looked at me. And I realized it was all newer guys. And I said, I guess I'm doing it. <laughs> so, and it was like the hydrant was right there. So it wasn't a big deal. That was kind of before we started our um, waiver training now. Mm-hmm. Really into our uh, recruit training. <clears throat> so some of the recruits hadn't learned how to hit hydrants until well into their, you know, first year. Well, that, now that whole truck was new recruits. recruits. <laughs> uh, and we didn't call them recruits then. They were just new guys. Mm-hmm. They, you know, that was when we, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but that was when it, it was just whatever high, whatever practice happened to be that night, that's who you, where you practice. So maybe you didn't get a hydrant practice for the whole year. It could take a year to yeah. cycle through. <laughs> and maybe the practice wasn't geared towards the rookie. It was a year, you know, there was eight guys that all of them would be on for a while and one rookie. So we quickly go through. This is, remember everyone in the summer, we do hydrant, like super quick. And the rookie's like, what? Mm-hmm. So now we've, now it's a recruit training. We go by step by step. Um, the person should know what they're doing, and if they missed it, then we'll train them, train them again, or go over it again. Yeah. But they should really know what they're doing. So yeah, yeah. There's really no reason to stand over them. That's true. Yeah. And that's that's with the, that's the biggest portion of decentralized command. You cannot have decentralized command if people don't know what they're doing. If they are not trained mm-hmm. to be able to do that, and this is one of those. It's the that's perfect window. Key. Yeah. And it's the perfect thing for this is the the whole concept of filling the hole decentralized command is filling the hole that's all it is it's i see one person on a nozzle and they need a backup guy and no one's there 
that's my job now. Oh. I'm going to go fill that hole. And I'm trained enough and smart enough that I've been trained hard. I know that I, when I look at the situation, something's missing. I've got the training to fill that something, and now I'm going to go and do that. I don't need my officer to tell me to do that. That's my job now because I'm a spare pair of hands or whatever, right? I've got that knowledge and that experience to be able to say, okay, this is what I need to do to make this happen. Or you see some guys struggling in one of the door, you've already got the irons, you're heading over and you're dealing with that, right? Now you're on, now you're on door and door control after your breach. So one of the examples I've, I've seen on, I mean, it's on YouTube, <laughs> uh, is a firefighter going around and he's just taking windows out and no one's told him to take these windows out. That's freelancing. So he just starts smashing windows. The next thing they got a, a huge flash over and backdraft and all this stuff's going on. And that makes it makes a fire worse, right? So the difference between that and filling the hole of being the person that's smashing, taking the windows, is that, yeah, your job is to take the window, but your job, because you know from training, your job is to fit into the team that is doing ventilation. So you, you drop into the team of ventilation. So you know one of the steps is, I need to take the window, but I need to make sure that everybody else is ready to go. The fan mm -hmm. set, the guys are ready to push. And this is the right window, not just smashing every window in place. Um, so that's kind of the difference between like freelance, just start doing stuff that no one told you to do. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it didn't. Yeah, it doesn't fit into anything. It's not, you're, like, you're not working with a team. You're working by yourself. That's what the freelance part is. Yeah. Um, whereas decentralized command is you're still working with your team. You're dropping into small groups of people because that's really what the fire ground is. It's small groups of people. It's not one person. There's always small groups. It's uh, you know, the attack team is, is three people or four, depending on what you're doing. Four people going on the attack. Um, ventilation team is three or four people. The you know RIT team, you know two, three, four, however many you got yeah. for your RIT team. Um, you know, all that stuff. The only time it's one person is usually when it's a hydrant per hit the person hitting the hydrant. But even then, you're teamed up with a with a truck guy. Yeah. Yeah. So with the the big thing with that that decentralized command is and this is this is from the the officer standpoint if you're looking at it as an officer you need to make sure that with decentralized command not only does everybody need to be trained to a certain level and standard and know what they're doing but you also you, you still need to set parameters beforehand and that being you know um your area of operation right you're, you're operating within your authority every time but you always need to know as well the commander's intent and with that commander's intent that's what that's what everyone else is basing their decisions on i'm making decisions now because i know that the chief has said i want this done go and do it and now i'm going to make the decisions on how that gets done he doesn't care how it gets done he wants it done and the officers are doing the same thing i find the second new engine really operates under that so the, the first you, there's there's generally some guidance because they are coming onto a scene where somebody has eyes on something that they don't have, right? So there's there can be a lot of guidance. It's, it's not going to be grab the hose, go over here, take 18 steps, but it'll be this is where the fire is. Let's get a team going this way. Let's get a team going this way. When the second engine rolls up, like we say, it's that fill in the hole. But as an officer, you can hop out and you can see there's no fan out yet. There's no rid. You're going to lose your manpower, not lose, but you're, you're going to get your manpower spread 
Yeah. And like you say, they're dropping into all, all these different teams. On a, <clears throat> on a call like we just had, we rolled a rescue truck, just to advance manpower, basically. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we don't need any sort of a tender or anything there. So that comes up. I mean, that entire truck company is going to be going everywhere. So one guy is going to go over to RIT. Next guy is going to go over to the ventilation team. The next guy is going to go down and back up the nozzle like there's there's people running everywhere so that's as decentralized as you can get um and again going back to that call it was the nothing call but all those boxes got ticked because everybody just flowed out and it went perfectly yeah so and all of these things constantly work together and again with that detachment when it comes to the decentralized command that's where you need to, so you, you, you finished your job up or you're working something which maybe isn't a high priority, but it still needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And then as you take a second and you relax, you look around and then you see something going on that <coughs> needs somebody else there, you can make that call yourself yeah. and you can go and help that mm -hmm. person, that team, that group. Windows then fan, right? The old WTF, become a member of that group and go and do that task with them. And that's part of, of being just completely dynamic because as we know, scenes, extremely dynamic. Yeah. Everything's changing all the time. If you are constantly focused on one thing, you're gonna miss so much more. The officers are now, because of the way we've got the team set up, they're way more detached than they used to be. Um, and it helps because you know they've got that extra eye. They see things that we don't Actually, necessarily almost... see. I'm saying they're more detached. They're, more, they're actually more into the game, mm -hmm. but they're they're able to take a step back because it, before we we changed it now, they're really they're almost too detached. Like they weren't in the game. Like they were standing on four like the the old the four corners. The old old chief yeah. was like, yeah, I just want four. I want offices on each corner of the building, which is kind of weird. Because then whenever we push in, suddenly there's no one there's no one around. So it would just be the senior guy's job <clears throat> to take over. And be like, okay, that's what we're doing now. So basically, you had a senior guy essentially become an officer. But it was a kind of a weird thing because now the manpower is getting chewed up because now you have another guy who's sort of in command, but he's not really in command. He's suddenly in command because he's inside the interior. Um, so then he would come out um, and then relay the information to the officer who would relay it to the IC. So now it's like, now we've changed it. So now the officer, he comes in, but he still has to keep detachment. He still has to take that mm -hmm. step back and look around. Um, but we definitely make sure the guys know that isn't part of the fight. Yeah, we make sure they're like because when we first brought it up in our in our meetings, we said, "Hey, you know, we want the officers to start going in more." And all the officers were like, "Yeah," because you know, <laughs> we all all of us want to still be firefighters. We still want to be in the game. But then we're like, "Oh no, 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 we don't mean you get to grab the nozzle. We mean you you get to go in, but you're you're still being detached. And you're, you're a third person in <laughs> kind of thing. You're watching over them." Yeah. Well, that's that's again where that. <coughs> dichotomy comes in right like if you're if you're concentrating too much on one thing then you can do that to the worst extreme right and so again if you're 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 trying to help people for example in a situation where you're watching some guys you're a captain you're watching some guys do a job and uh again instead of just giving slight direction you start taking over that job and if you start taking over now you start you start losing because now you're trying to dictate to people that know their job there's a whole bunch of things that are going on in this situation. You start losing 
the respect from them because you know, you're telling them what to do on their on their position, right? It, there's a whole game that you got to play there, and that's when we were talking about uh, leadership capital and things like that too, right? Like I try not to tell, like, hey, make sure you know, I'll, I'll just be like, hey, maybe you try doing this because that might work better for you. Oh, okay. I try not. Sometimes it's fails. Sometimes I say, hey, do, hey, what are you doing? But sometimes I try, I try to say, hey, this might work better for you if you. Like when you're doing a push, or when you're running a two and a half, hey, maybe drop your knee on the thing before you, before, on the hose before you turn it on. Otherwise, it's going to shoot no. Um, that sort of stuff. I try to remind them. And as a training officer, that's why I'm like, I'm trying to like, okay, I know where they've been trained. But there's a lot of stuff we've trained them. Like there's, you know, I was going through the list of stuff, and you know, just to, to become a basic interior firefighter, there's like thirty something things you got to know, just to be basic. And that's not even like auto X and medical and um, water rescue and all this other stuff we do because each one of those has 20 things attached to it this is just basic interior attack firefighter so but guys are gonna forget stuff mm -hmm. but that's kind of what the officer's job is too because of the detachment they can look over and be like that person's missing something important yeah. that guy's missing something important <clears throat> that thing he's missing there not that important i'll let it slide because i don't need to micromanage but we can mm -hmm. I mean, there's certain things like we can let slide. We don't. You know, oh, he didn't quite do that exactly the way we train it, but it worked. Yeah. <clears throat> I think uh, this past year has been quite the learning experience for sure. Um, and I always find myself. I can be outspoken in a group when we're at training. On a call, I'm vocal to the people I need to be vocal to, but. I find myself more times than not, not having to say anything. It's more of that, you know, you're there as that detached set of eyes where you're, you're back a bit. I found on that last call, I did exactly that. I popped in quick. I was like, Hey, why don't we try doing this quick? Boom. They did it. They were great. Um, but after a couple of the larger calls, I've gone, gone home and you kind of get in your head a bit. You're like, Oh man, like, should I have said, like, should I have been more vocal to the team? Should I have done this? Should I have done that? And then it comes right back around where you say, well, I didn't have to, so why would you? The guys know what they're doing. And that's the other good side of being on the training side is you see what they're capable of. Knowing that, seeing that happen, knowing what we're expected to do and seeing the guys do it, you don't need to go in there and say anything. Like Scott says, maybe there is a time where a small thing gets missed, right? Like we, that small little call that we, we had, the guys took one of the sliding doors and there was a little bit of glass left and they, they could walk past it a thousand times. It wasn't going to hurt anybody, but maybe it could. So I poke in, Hey, why don't we grab the rest of that glass? Let's make sure. Um, and then they did it and it was fine for the rest of the call. But you, you don't need to be over top of their, their you know, over top of their shoulder. You don't need to be right in their ear. Um, poke him, drop, drop a little comment. And that was the biggest learning thing that I mean, I still go, go through every day is how much do you need to say? How much do you not need to say? And more times than not, especially with our guys and girls, we don't need to say anything because they have it all for the most part figured out. We, we work well together um, as that larger team. Works really good. And that's where that I've noticed too, and this is why it's so important, again, that everybody's at training. 
because the, the big portion of it comes down to if you're at training, you get to see what other people are good at uh-huh. and what their capabilities are. So again, when it comes to that, that decision-making process of what you're doing, hey, you know what? I know this guy's not fully confident on the tools for, for forced entry. Uh-huh. I am. He can be my second. Yeah. Right? I will grab the irons off of him and I'll crack on and he can be my second and we can figure it out. Right? Together we'll be able to do that. And then like we were talking about last week, being able to make those decisions of, okay, is this the right parent? Am I going to now put myself in a position with, say, somebody who's half my size? So if I end up causing a situation, I end up going down for whatever reason, is that half-sized person going to be able to help me? Uh-huh. Is that half-sized person going to be able to, to, to pull me out? Right. Probably not. So making those sorts of decisions as well and knowing... I think Jason can pull them out. I think Jason can pull any of them. I think so too. That guy's just He's a walking muscle. He's just like shreddy Eddie. We we made the, do you want Dane to back up Earl? Oh. Right? Yeah. Like, Dane's great, great shape. Um, But he's just a smaller and stature fella. And Earl's just the big old farm boy who would out out muscle us but he would like out diesel engine us going back to one of our earlier um i mean the guy is a farm boy he will hike for days out out you know hunting yeah where's the side by side (laughs) i'm out and he just keeps tractoring on so um well, the way, you, the way we hunt is where we have the yeah. side by side right away. There's no deer around here. Like a bunch of spits and just pop right around. Exactly. Yeah. We hiked a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> for a pee. <laughs> it's for a pee. And I watched all the deer. I saw the deer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, damn, I'm pissing. <laughs> um, it's not that bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those are those are those four rules. So cover and move, simple, prioritize and execute, and the uh, and um, decentralized. decentralized command. So those four things. If you are constantly running through those four things every time, in your brain, and making those your your priorities when you're on any scene or any job at work wherever, mm-hmm. those things will help you, and they will help your team dramatically mm-hmm. dramatically change um the principles that are there have become the principles that we use or scott is now kind of ingrained in us and all of us do it and we don't a lot of people don't even know don't what these four things it. are yeah exactly they have no idea but because of the way that you've you adapted them initially there scott and then brought that into training yeah trying to preach it to people no because again if you start preaching to people people would shut off some people, some people were like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, some people were like, mm. just shut it right off. Planting seeds. Yeah, you got a seed plant. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if it's one at a time, like, like decentralized command was a hard one because again, everyone thought right away, oh, it's, it's, it's freelancing. Yeah, these freelancing cowboys out running around. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. And, you, and you will get like, you know. <laughs> just a bit rogue. Just a bit rogue. Yeah. Well, other it, departments it, might look at us that way. And other departments do. They they come. <laughs> they see us. They see us on calls, or they see us on mm-hmm. training, or they you know, wherever, and they think we're cowboys sometimes. 
Yeah, I don't know if cowboy is the word. No, people call us cowboys. Yeah, they call us cowboys. And I, my, because I, I know, we call cowboys. We've been called cowboys for a while, so I, mm-hmm. I said, well, that's a Western one. <laughs> <laughs> so the cowboys, but. I don't know. I don't know. Then, be a bad term. And then they join us for our uh, they join us for our seminar and, yeah. and learn from us. I just don't know how cowboys get <laughs> such a bad term because yeah. sometimes you gotta do that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think if they were here, if they train with us all the time, they would realize we're not cowboys. It just looks like being aggressive. Like we're super aggressive. We're we follow these rules, um, and to the outside people looking in, they're like, "Oh, you guys are crazy." Well, another. Another jocko term of the whole is default aggressive. No, we're default aggressive. We are default aggressive. Straight out of the gate, it's we're going to hit this extremely hard, extremely fast with everything we've got. And if we realize that that doesn't work, then we need to go on the defense. But first, we are going to we're going to go in there. Well, well, last year the um, we had a wildfire, and uh, (laughs) the bird dog radioed the chief. Is it? Man, you guys are aggressive. We had trucks everywhere. We were, we were running hose up in hills and just hitting the thing with everything we had. And the guy's like, you guys are like super aggressive. And we weren't being unsafe. Nope. I think we lost a couple of things to hose. But, <laughs> but that, that <laughs> Good was... Good job, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. And again, to Matt's uh, defense... He was being aggressive. He was being aggressive. And the only reason why we actually lost that hose is because we had to, we had to pull out because the bomber. The, the bomber was coming. <laughs> so it's like, if we didn't have to pull out... I think we we would hit the line that the ball were hit anyways because we were we had hose laid yeah. but we just had to pull out because we were about to get ten thousand gallons of water dumped in our head. That ain't no powder. <laughs> that is heavy water <laughs> mixed with whatever else is in there. <laughs> so yeah, we we do have that default aggressive attitude now, and that is a newer you know last ten years kind of thing because a couple of chiefs ago. You know, two chiefs ago, we were definitely, you know, more surrounded around. Let's let's go take it very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had the chief before Bob. He was super aggressive, um, which was good because I got us into that kind of like us all working together was that was a really aggressive. Mindset. Got this all started. Yeah, and then Bob carried on with it, just in a little different leadership style. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of leadership style. <laughs> We have Bob on for 52, right? And, and uh-huh. when he was on, he was saying again right there, he's like, I, the training has been the biggest change and the biggest thing that he's enjoyed um, about how things are done there. You know, yeah. we are volunteers, but we are not amateurs, was his quote. Uh-huh. And we're professionals through and through. Right? That's the quotes from that episode that have really shone. <laughs> there was some more? Was for Bob? No, from Scott. Oh, Oh no. <laughs> that, that episode? Was it? I don't know. I don't know. Was that was a different one. Yeah. It was a different one. That was, was the one it? before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we had a few people anyway. message about that actually. Mm-hmm. They like they like your hooker. But that you you hear Bob say and we had a, a few people reach out actually just yeah. to say, you know what? I love hearing when your chief's on because your chief is so unbelievably supportive. He understands what's going on and he allows these things to happen, but still keeps control. Like he just, he supports his guys and that's what he does. He, Uh he knows his role. And like he said, when he sat there, you know, sometimes I roll up on scene and I take the safety officer position. I don't need to because my guys are going to go and do the job. They're going to get that thing done because they all, they're all trained well. They're all reactive and they're all smart guys. They can figure it out. 
and then sometimes he needs to step in and, and take over. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a bigger situation, maybe something else is going on, but you know, it's very rare that he ever does that anymore because, again, we've got officers now that are taking control of that extra layer, and Bob can then step back, deal with all of the other pieces, like making the phone calls and, and getting power shut yeah. off and you know positioning and things like that. And, the other important stuff everything is important and this is again when we go back there are so many roles on the fire ground that you should never be stood there with your hands in your pockets doing nothing there's always something you can be doing mm -hmm. there are times when you need to take a break for sure yeah but otherwise there's always a job there's always a job mm -hmm. yeah. do we add anything to add to that boys that was a good one it's good that's good so shout out to Chief Miller. Um, the shout out is an announcement. I always always say announcement. Yeah, we say announcements. <laughs> yeah. announcements. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Announcement. I don't know, anyway, <laughs> Chief Miller an announcement? <laughs> I'm announcing Chief Miller. You can announce it. <laughs> and Chief Miller. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's on all the social media platforms, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, chiefmillerapparel.com. Uh, check him out. Uh, likes and shares a crazy amount of con content out there. Um, firefighter related stuff is great. Um, check him out. Um, Modus Fire Rescue, um, they do the Snagger tool, they do the uh, forcible entry wedge. Um, they have a couple other new products coming out, which uh, I think is happening like really soon. So keep an eye out for that. They have ours is in the mail, right? Ours might be in the mail. It might not be in the mail. Come on, guys. That's one sniper tool. Keep saying that. That one's in my pocket. It's still one. Awesome. <laughs> um, Motors, can you please send Scott a snagger tool? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Just save us. Um, they have extended a discount code. So hop online, use it. It's uh, DTFF5. Uh, it's going to give you 5% off. Um, helps you out with some custom uh, colors, some custom engraving. Uh, there's a lot of choices there for you guys. There's some. Uh, uh, glow in the dark decals that they can put on there for you. Um, so yeah, check out Modus, uh, RZ masks. Uh, we we use them. We love them. Uh, I see more and more people. And Rob. Oh yeah, Rob actually made oh, it yeah. to. Uh, you made it in the real. Uh, RZ masks. Uh, I think it was just firefighters on that one. I think I can look. Nope. No, was it not? Nope. I thought it was. Nope. No, there was a, it is. There was a construction. So there was a video, right? Like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah it was like a oh, video. Oh, is it Instagram? Oh, okay. Yeah, Instagram. Like did a, they had a little highlight reel um, of all of their supporters. Uh, we were in there with uh, one of our photos of Rob at a early season grass fire. It's one of our first ones of the year. Um, Rob was out there. I think it was the old duel. It was the RZ mask with the Motus. and the snagger tool yep. back, back to back. Rocking the Motus um, and on the RZ. So uh, <clears throat> we obviously use them uh, out in the field. We love them. We purchased for the department, uh, I think like 40 of them. So uh, we 
went with the M1. It seemed to work out the best for us for, for the easy use on and off. Um, yeah, it just works, works really well for us. But they do have a couple other options, so check those guys out. They have offered up a 30% discount under public safety. So if you log on to them, um, make sure you pop that in there. It's going to help you guys out. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, really awesome. And them, uh, we'll get on to, we've, we've already kind of brought them up, the Bar Boys, the Brotherhood Academy Radio. Um, Hold your butter batters. Wow. <laughs> That was the most English country. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because now I, because I, I texted in the in our message group the other day, and it just because it, it got in my head. And All I was morning. Doing that thing. This morning, because I listened to him this morning. It was like yeah. Next yeah. Song in my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I listened to him today too. Go back and listen to some of their first episodes with like the full song. He's got a jingle, and it's it's great. Uh, we were actually chatting back and forth, and uh, he sent me the link to uh, the, the the people that um, produced the song, if you will. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. So, I, I sounds like they gave him a couple bullet points. So this is what we want to achieve in this sweet tune. Um, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's like, just like, yeah, yeah. You should ask. Him. That'd be kind of cool. Hey, buddy. Yeah. It's a jam. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, jam. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so uh, Brotherhood Academy Radio. Uh, they're, uh, they're from the States. Um, they are out east. They're east. It sounds like they're in a harbor. They are. I listen, I, yeah. I listen to them, but now mm-hmm. today they were talking about a harbor. A yeah. nuclear submarine park in there or something? What? what? And they, the nukes, like the sub comes and the guys in there, when they're in dry dock, they. I mean, oh, it's like, oh, wow. That's pretty awesome. I usually listen to their current. I I always listen before our episode, just their intro, because sometimes they make wisecracks at us. But I listen to their episode tomorrow morning, so I will uh, I will get all, all of that by by days end. They did say chowder, but they did say chowder. They did. Oh, it was great. <laughs> and we don't drink Labatt Blue. Is that anymore? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I don't really drink beer. So. Mm-hmm. Molson. Molson, what do they call it? Molson, Molson, Molson Golden, Molson Golden, yeah, yeah. I think it's just Molson Canadian. It's like, Molson Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I got all jeeped up over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> just popped it in there all yeah. night. He's been waiting. Oh for man, <laughs> this is my time. <laughs> it's. Uh, I think it means like like they're stoked. They're 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 really excited about something. Jeeped up. Yeah. Mm. Weird. Yeah. But they also talk about firefighting <laughs> on their podcast. <laughs> yeah. So check those guys out so you know what we're, uh, I want to say making fun of, but what we're, what we're uh, having to laugh at every week. We're uh, actually, they've been talking as well. They were yeah. this, they were talking again about us doing a crossover mm-hmm. um, and getting us on there and them on here. Um, we should look at setting that up. Yeah, just, much in time just before this tonight, we were talking about how we could set up, because I believe they record Saturday. Um, so that would probably be the day for us too. Yeah, we might too. So we can make make something work there. Our we're three hours uh, off from them, so like right now they're fast mm-hmm. fast sleeping, which is where we should be, but <laughs> instead we're in a closet. So yep. So that's great. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, stop the bleed. So we've uh, kind of brought that into our our shout outs, and it's more of just to spread the awareness of it. Um, 
check them out at uh, bleedingcontrol.org. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I probably shouldn't talk about it because I still haven't taken it. Yeah, you're taking it soon. Oh, uh, yeah, he's because uh, he was teaching last week. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. He's going to yeah, jump yeah. in this week? Or next yeah, like something yeah. in classroom. Yeah. Yeah. I was ready. Uh, he just got brings in the bag, 30 kids. I'm like, huh. he's like, yeah, you shouldn't be, you should be training with Ash. You've done this. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. yeah. I mean, just everyone's hands are like red with dye. <laughs> Mainly mine, because I got the other guys to put gloves on, but I was like showing them the boom pack, and I'm like, yeah, I should have gloves on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My hands are all, and I noticed the parking lot is stained. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but whatever, it'll rain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, stop the bleed. We've actually put it into our, as we're talking right now, we put it into our curriculum of our training. Um, because I felt it was obviously important because we bring it up every week and for us not to put it in our training would be counterproductive kind of yeah. what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, and then the guys that trained last week, good reactions from them. They, they seemed to all uh, like it. They all felt it rel- the relevance of it. Um, we had a couple of good discussions on <clears throat> um, like active shooter stuff. Because again, stop the bleed is not all for that. It's, you know, for accidents. You know, we're on the fire ground. We're running chainsaws. We're doing all sorts of things that are mm-hmm. potentially dangerous with, with wounds. Um, a lot of hunters, a lot of guys were like, oh, I think I'm going to buy a tourniquet now. I've been going hunting for quite some time, and there's been times when near misses happen, and you know, you're know, cutting up a deer, and, or you're you know, you're shooting a gun, <laughs> just things like that, mm-hmm. um, where you're in the woods if you... you know, especially, I showed him, you know, I showed a video with a person getting shot in the leg and bleeding out within two minutes. Under two minutes, um, so the guys started to be like, "Oh yeah, that is a thing. <laughs> that can happen pretty easy. Human body's pretty easily easy easy to mess with. Mm-hmm. Just squishy bugs. We're super yeah. delicate. Yeah. I mean, as tough as we want to act, we're super delicate. <laughs> yeah, when metal and stuff hits us, we're we, not. We can expire <laughs> quite easily. So yeah, you want to keep this stuff, the blood. Keep inside. all that inside. Yeah, it's funny because I I always ask because I do this little demo where I dump. Um, you know, some fake blood on the ground, and you saw it. Um, talk about how much blood there is in the human body. And I always ask guys, like, how much blood do you think there is in the human body? And I forget one of the guys, isn't that like 20 liters? <laughs> no, there's not 20 liters. <laughs> really? My like, yeah, there's only like six. Or, well, six if you're a big guy, five mm-hmm. if you're a smaller person, and four or a half if you're really small. Yeah. Like, what? So, yeah, it's only because I have, you know, I have a couple liters of, of, of fake blood, and I, and I show them what happened, like what the various stages are. So, yeah, the most important two are, are the first two. We should, uh, we should do that. Oh, we should, oh, do, that yeah. 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 We should do that. It was a little dark when I did this last week. It was. Yeah. starting to get dark here again. Yeah. But yes, stop the bleed. Important. Very important. Yeah. 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 And again, if you can, <coughs> please, um, in order to help support us a little bit, um, just give us a rating. Drop mm-hmm. us a rating. Drop us a review. Uh, on our Facebook page, um, as well as on our on the iTunes stuff or Spotify, whatever platform you listen to us on, it just helps. It helps us uh, helps us climb the ladder a little bit, but it helps us more get get other people interested, so we can get more stuff to play with as well, mm-hmm. so that we can test it all for you guys and, and again bring out more of that training content and things too. We have had a few people reach out to us. Um, we've got some good stuff on the cards. Again, our burn season starts at the end of September-ish, so uh, that's when we can start 
Our, bur our burn season and related to we can use a burn building again. Yes. Because <laughs> our yeah. burn season is happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we so where we can't burn anything. Yeah. <laughs> but in the sense that we can start getting out there again and, and uh, yeah. doing some live burn stuff and showing some content from that. But we've got a lot of plans coming up for this year. Um, and I think we'll probably end up looking at taking a day here soon and recording a bunch of content and lining sure. some stuff up and, and getting some bits and pieces put together for you guys. If there's anything that you would like to see, if there's anything, mm -hmm. any requests, specific requests that you'd like, um, let us know, hit us up, send us a message. We get lots and lots of messages from listeners all the time, um, not just on our posts, but they private message us constantly. Yeah, absolutely, it's great. Um, you know, it's it's always a pleasure hearing from people. Mm -hmm. It's always good. Um, Marshall Bass, the Marshall Bass, the yeah. legend, the man, the legend. Yeah. Messages me all the time, um, yeah, privately as well. So we well, speak the same language. <laughs> I need a translator. What, English. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and on that note, um, um, I was going to say, if you're uh, pick up the book, stream ownership, economy of leadership. Um, if you do it through Jocko's website, maybe mention us. <laughs> That'd be a good guest to have on one day. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'd be that terrified. Be. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I, I even if it was my phone, I'd be terrified. Did you even drop that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> Back to book, boys. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, if you can, like, definitely put, pick the book up because it's, it's, it's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, and there's way more than just the four things we talked about. There's lots of good stories, lots of uh, good examples from war and from business because mm. it's, it's it's actually a business book too it's kind of like the book of five rings yeah sure Yamada Musashi yes I posted that recently you did yeah yeah it's funny because some people uh again it's it's one of those things like if you're into it you'll you'll read it and you'll go through it and it's it's good content and to other people it's it's a post about a samurai and war. yeah and it yeah, just doesn't, it doesn't trap. You just you need to five likes, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did the same when I, when I shared, like, when I shared one of Jocko's episodes. It was a really, it was episode number three, I think. It was like, this is the episode we're always talking about. It talks about, you know, the dichotomy and it talks about all of the, the, the different pieces that we always kind of, again, we don't talk about directly. This is the first time we've ever really specifically yeah. spoken about mm -hmm. the book. But all of it really, it all comes off the back of this, the way that, the way that we do things. And regardless, it, it, I tried posting that episode up yeah. and I was like, if you're, if you're a leader or you're trying to get into leadership, this is the perfect episode for you. How didn't even get touched. Well, <laughs> I think four people maybe liked it. Like, and back to the uh, Miyamoto Masashi quote. Yeah. It's when you know, when you, when you know the way broadly you see it in all things. And when, when you, when you see these things, you will, you will see them all things. <laughs> um, and that's one, you know, I know they, they say that a lot on Jocko. Is that, is that quote and also Rogan says it a lot. I think Rogan actually well, they, in his arm. Yeah, and they talk about it a lot for <coughs> jujitsu aspects and yeah. stuff too, right? Like there's a lot of yeah, a lot of shape back and forth. Gentlemen, I think we're good. I think we're real good. Ash, Carl, thanks guys. Scott, <laughs> there, there's still it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> High thumbing. High thumbing. <laughs> Just thumbing. Just thumbing. Thumb. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Stay safe. <laughs> Stay DTF up. Good night.